Welcome to this week's podcast from Bethesda Church of God in Sumter, South Carolina. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. Now, you have been worshiping, and you have been pouring out your love to the Lord, and I am so grateful. Um, Today, we are honored to have Dr. David Ramirez and his family with us. Uh, Dr. Ramirez is a dynamic preacher and extraordinary leader. He serves as third assistant general overseer of the Church of God, and he brings to that position a wealth of experience in ministry, having served as a local pastor, a church planter, a Bible school president, and the founder of the South American uh, Seminary in Quito, pardon me, in Quito, Ecuador. Um, In recognition of his leadership, the church appointed him to the world mission as world missions director for South America and then uh, later as world missions of all of Latin America. And he and his wife, uh, Fernanda, and uh, Santiago, his son, and uh, he has another son that's not with us here today, but his uh, daughter, uh, Valeria, and we had the opportunity and the privilege of going out to eat with them last night. When I preached at the uh, uh, North Central region, I had the opportunity to be able to spend a little bit of time with Dr. Ramirez. The resume that I just read is just a smidgen, a small amount. If I read his entire resume, we'd be here a long time. God has used him from a young man even to this very minute. God has used him all throughout his life. And uh, what so impressed me, a man of his background, it would be very easy for him to keep his nose in the air and be better than you, but he was so down to earth and it made me feel so proud to have him as a leader as assistant general overseer of the church of god now, folks we are very privileged to have him here today his travels take him all over the world but today he agreed to come and be uh, the speaker for us and i did not tell him that this was pastor appreciation because I wanted him just to preach. I didn't want him to do a pastor appreciation. I, I wanted him to come and preach. Now, here's what I want. I want you to welcome him and his family with a wonderful Sumter Bethesda Church of God welcome as we welcome Dr. David Ramirez to the stage. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Wow, what a church. Julia, you have done an awesome job. Thank you very much. You look Latina. Good Latina here. Praise the Lord. I, I actually, I mentioned uh, Pastor Al when I met him um, that uh, he come across as a Latino man. You go to any country in Latin America, they will speak Spanish to you. So you better practice uh, the heavenly language. (laughs) What a wonderful congregation we have here. Wow. I think that heaven is going to look like this. 
Yes. And uh, if you don't like it, you are not ready for heaven. So we better get used to these, uh, you know, different sounds. And, you know, I'm, I am really feeling very comfortable here because uh, I understand that there's more than, uh, I don't know how many nations, but several nations represented here. And uh, that means that you have all kinds of accents. And uh, so uh, I don't feel like a minority now. If everybody have, if everybody have an accent, then uh, I am in the right place. And I was uh, with Pastor Al and um, Jackie last night and the family uh, enjoying a good uh, bluegrass music uh, with a heavy southern accent. <laughs> but if you think that you have a southern accent, you don't know what a southern accent is. I remember some time ago I was in Ohio having breakfast and the waiter asked me, where are you from? And I, say, I, I replied to her, I said, I'm from, uh, uh, from uh, South America. And she replied to me and she said, oh, I have been in Texas also. <laughs> no, 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 I am 8,000 miles southern. <laughs> so if you want to hear a southern accent, this is it. <laughs> you cannot get southern than this. Because I am from Chile. That's the last country, you know, south. I am from Chile. My wife is from Argentina. We got married in California. Our children uh, were born in Ecuador. Uh, please uh, open your uh, Bible or uh, your um, iPhones or iPad or whatever you have there in John 20. John 20, 19 through 21st. Praise God. Gloria a Dios. Aleluya. Amen. Let's stand for the reading of the word of God. Amen. The power of peace. We're going to speak today about the power of peace. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear, say fear, fear. of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. This is God's word. Father, I pray that this morning you will speak to our heart. Prepare our minds and our hearts to receive your word. Your presence is here. You are in the room. And we are already experiencing the transformation in our life. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen and amen. What an exciting thing to pastor a church in South Carolina that you, with uh, several nations present. And you, you are uh, you're a true missionary church here impacting the life of so many people around the globe. The Word of God said that the doors were completely shut. They were closed, closed and secure on the resurrection day as they were full of fear. Instead of, instead of celebrating, they were afraid. They were scared due to all the threats 
that they had received. The door was closed for security reasons, closed with worry and fear, closed in order to hide. It seemed to be that we are describing the 21st century church. Uh, we, we are afraid, we are living in a time where you, you need to take all kind of measures, of security measures, uh, so you are relaxed inside the place of worship. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know about the dangers of today, and, and you take all the measures for you to feel free as you worship God. But it's obviously it's an internal contradiction because in the day of resurrection, you never expect to find the church of Jesus Christ under fear, scare, lock in. A contradictory picture for the church, the people of Jesus, his church, locked inside clothes and secure doors, waiting for no one to notice them, no one to bother them or hurt them. However, this story is not a story of closed doors. It is only the stage. The following phrase put everything in motion. Jesus came and stood among them. We don't know how he got there, how he was able to get past the uh, closed security, secure doors. We don't know how, how he did it to violate all the security systems in the place. But Jesus came and stood among them. The doors were there to keep people outside. But Jesus came to unexpectedly interrupt a total intrusion of their hiding place. This Jesus is always doing that. Jesus is always pursuing us. He wants to enter to the center of our life. Doesn't matter where we are, Jesus is going to find us somewhere. Doesn't matter in what condition we find ourselves, he's going to appear in your midst because he's an expert following people. You know, sometimes we kind of protest, why Jesus is following me? Because he's so close to me, he's approaching me all the time. And I heard about somebody say to, the, uh, to me one time, I would like to, to, to live one day away from God. I need some spiritual vacations. What do you mean? See, even Jonah, the prophet, wanted to be a prophet far away from God's presence. But you can't do that because he's, he loves you so much, he's going to pursue you, and, and he wants to, to be right in the middle of your life. He wants to be right in the middle with your family. He wants to be right in the middle of your home. He wants to be right in the middle of your business, your work. He wants to be with you at school. He wants to be with you all the time because he loves you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So he is going to approach you and, and he is going to be there with you and he is going to appear in the midst of your circumstances. This Jesus is always pursuing us. He wants to enter to the center of our lives. He wants to be right there in the midst of our anxiety, in the midst of our fears and despair and depression. He wants to be there with us. He wants to be right there 
at the center of your marriage, your family, your relationship. He wants to be with you at work. In where you are, right there, he wants to be. He wants to be at the center of your life. There's no life without him. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. I am knocking on the door. I am knocking. I am calling you. If, you, if anyone hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. As soon as Jesus arrived, he takes control of the meeting and dominates the room. Jesus delivers a tremendous word. He has come here because... There are his people, his church. He has experienced his new life, his, res res his resurrected body. And the first thing that he wants to do is to present himself to his church, to his friends, to his disciples. To show them his new life. To, uh, to uh, celebrate with him what just happened to him. And uh, you know that um, he went right there to tell them that there is no more reason to be afraid. He had paid the price for peace. This is the first word of the resurrected Christ. He is telling the church, peace be with you. And you know what? At that moment, they, they did not recognize him. And you know, I don't know why, you know, this resurrected Christ appeared in the midst of them and I don't know what style of hair he was wearing or, you know, what kind of eyes, you know, beautiful eyes, resurrected eyes he had and beautiful skin, you know, a shiny skin and I don't know about his clothing and perhaps was perfect white, you know, clothing and, and uh, but nobody noticed that until they were able to see his scars. Until they were able to see, you know, his hands and put their hands in his side. Right there, by, by his course, he, he, they know him, they knew him. And at that moment, they started celebrating because they realized this is our Messiah. Oh, the risen Christ, the victorious Lord, he is here with us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, how important it is. To know that we are not going to be recognized we are not going to be recognized by people through our uh, very impressive looks we're not going to impact nobody today in 21st century by the way that we present ourselves uh, that doesn't matter you know our where we we, we we have our haircut or or what kind of perfume we're wearing or what kind of you know brands we are you know buying actually doesn't care people do not care people want to see if we have been paying the price if we have been suffering if we have come in, in a journey that you know something happened to us there's a good friend of a, a good theologian that uh, once say uh, uh, in my shame you find hope and what a true statement because uh, we're so uh, worried about sharing our pain our, our uh, you know share our our uh, you know failures we, we want to be perfect 
But uh, Jesus, even though he was, you know, the perfection in himself, the resurrected Christ, uh, he came, you know, to his church and he was recognized by his scars. And the church of Jesus Christ will be recognized by its cause because the church is a suffering expression of God's kingdom wow so Jesus was right there in their midst he was recognized he was celebrated and the first word the first thing that he said to his church after resurrected after his resurrection was peace be with you first expression first thing we cannot live as if this one thing were never told and they were not heard this is the affirmation that have changed the life of the church forever when you hear it you will never be the same person or the same church anymore Jesus came to a fearful church and said, Peace be with you. Peace be with you. This is Jesus, they say. He's the real guy. He's telling us, take it easy. Relax. Peace be with you. This is the first thing that, they, that he said to them. We knew this was a Jewish greeting. If Jesus would have been a Latin American, he would say, Hola, como estas? But he, he, was, he didn't say that. He, he said, peace. The word from the lips of Jesus is a powerful word that fills the space and establishes the agenda. Redefining reality. When he speaks, something happens. His word never comes back empty. When Jesus speaks a word... When Jesus speaks a word, what he's speaking becomes a reality. The same word that created everything in Genesis 1 and 2 is here for you and me to create a new reality. His word does not return empty. Because when he speaks to you, something amazing takes place in your life. Consider the person you trust the most. When that person enters the room, their presence transforms the room and makes a great difference. Doesn't matter how painful is your experience, how lonely you feel. Doesn't matter the, the level of distress and depression that you may have. Doesn't matter what is going on with you. If, the, if that best person, the person that you know that that person really loves you, comes and stays with you, oh, everything looks different I remember some time ago I was uh, traveling to Latin America and, and I went uh, through Miami I changed airplanes in Miami and I was very hungry and um, when I am hungry I usually think about food don't you <laughs> perhaps some of you are already thinking about food right now <laughs> but so I was thinking about man that would be good to have some white rice you know with uh, you know, with fried chicken and uh, good, uh, well, you will be a southern, you know, you would, do, you would say a fried okra, you know, and, uh, and beans. And uh, so I, I immediately thought about the restaurant La Carreta. 
It's a Cuban cuisine at the airport. So I went there, you know, as fast as I could. And I was serving, you know, my place because it's those uh, systems that you serve yourselves. And, uh, and the cashier was looking at me. Now, when somebody looked at me, you know, it's not, I don't know, perhaps it doesn't happen to you, but I am a Latino. And Latino, we are all, always, you know, concerned about who is looking at us, you know, how? You know, why they're looking, why she's looking at me? I, I, I know that I'm a handsome man, but it's not, you know, I mean, this is not the, my best day, my, my best day. And why is she looking at me? That, that she thinks I'm taking some rice and putting it in my pocket or uh, you know, or perhaps she thinks that, uh, that I am Osama, the resurrected Osama Bin Laden, you know, that it, it's here. I don't know what, I was very uncomfortable. So I, when I arrived, you know, to, to her desk, you know, uh, I was kind of thinking, you know, you always think, and why she's looking at me? And the only thing that she should be concerned about is if I have money, right? Uh, why she's kind of, you know, reading me? And, and the first thing that she said to me was, who are you? Who am I? I mean, just ask me if I have money. Why do you want to have my full identity? Do you want to do a background check on me to buy some rice and chicken? <laughs> At that point, I was getting upset, but you know, everything happened in my mind, right? I'm not saying nothing to her. Remember, I'm a pastor. So she saw my face that I was going through a crisis. I, I, and she said to me, relax. Uh, you know what happened is that this morning I left my house with a lot of problems. Uh, we have a fight with my husband and my children, they have all kinds of issues. And uh, uh, I have been crying all morning and with a sensation of despair and depression. And uh, I have been crying. and. I, I cannot overcome this uh, feeling of agony that I have. And, and when, when you came in and when I saw you, something amazing happened to me. I, I experienced something in myself. Peace, calmness. Who are you? All right, now we're talking. Now, I, I, I wish I could tell you that that is my problem. And that happened to me all the time. When I go home, you know, my wife will call the children and the cat and the dog. Get ready! The bishop is coming. The pastor is coming. Oh, we are going to experience God's glory in this place. He's approaching the house. No, 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 no. That doesn't happen to me. When I go home, my, my wife doesn't notice that, you know, and she continues doing her own things. My children continue in their own business. The cat, he, he doesn't bother. I mean, the only time that he say meow, it, it, when uh, he uh, sees the daughter, my daughter, and uh, the dog doesn't bark. <laughs> so nothing, nothing happened when I get home. Now, this was another moment. 
So I realize and I tell, I told the lady, lady, oh, it is amazing. Let me tell you who am I. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I am a pastor. And the problem with us is when we get, when we approach people, we get, when we get close to people, Jesus got close to people. When I get close to people, the, Jesus come and, and the whole kingdom of God get near to people. So where you are experiencing right now, lady, is the peace of God. Hallelujah. Jesus is at the house. Jesus is in the house. Praise God. Peace I live with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth I give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. When he find us, God is totally present in our reality. When he arrives to our lives, the full presence of God is right there with us. God's kingdom appears fully in our existence. The full expression of the resurrected Christ is in the house. The very character of God and the heart of his word is that God is fully and faithfully present to us. God faithfully presents implying that he pursues us. As he did with Abraham, God still seeks us out. Yeah, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn you. According to Jeremiah 31st 1. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Isaiah 43.1. We didn't choose God, but rather God has chosen us. According to John 15.16. In all, it is God who initiates. It is God who knows us first. It is God who found us first. It is He who in love persists in following after us. He wants us. He wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to be with us. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Glory to God. You know, He misses us more than sometimes we miss Him. He knows very well and he suffers when we don't come to him. He, he suffers when we don't think about him or when we don't want to talk to him because he wants to have a relationship with us. He, it, he enjoys that relationship. That's why he created us, to have a relationship with us. His presence is manifested with his identification with us. As the psalmist wrote, for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Indeed, God knows our joy, our hopes, our needs, our longings, as well as our cowardice, our failures, our betrayals, and our sufferings. He fully understands us. 
He is standing right there with you. He knows where you are right now. He knows about your circumstances. He knows about your shame. He knows about your guilt. He knows about that you feel sometimes you're, you're failing and you're not succeeding in life. He knows about your questions and he knows about your answers and he knows how you feel at this right moment. Amen. And he understands that. He empathizes with you. He understands your feelings. He understands your, your heart. He, he understands yourself. Because he's right there with you. And he, he experienced what you are experiencing. And he suffers that with you. His faithful presence is found in the life he offers. He made a covenant with Abraham with the promise of the whole land of Canaan. His plans are to prosper us and not to harm us. Plans to give us hope and a future. I am your shield. I am your protection. I am your provider. He is here for us. And he is the one that is taking care, you know, for you and for me. He is in the room. And he's going to make a difference in you and me. Because his presence generate peace see peace is not the absence of conflict of pain peace is God presence within us I remember one time I was uh, visiting a, in a hospital it was early in my ministry they just uh, they were training me to be a chaplain in a hospital and I remember visiting one of the first rooms I was excited, just graduated from the seminary. I was ready to preach the gospel and, you know, and, and evangelize everybody around me. And I knocked the door of this room and opened, and uh, I said to these old men, I, I, you, I thought it was an old man back then, you know, I was 20, and this guy was about 70. Now I think he was pretty young. <laughs> and uh, he was from Mexico. His name was Luis. He was uh, dying. He had le leucemia, leukemia. And uh, I told Mr. Lewis, because I found you know, everything that I could find about him with the nurse station, in the nurse station before I visit him. And I said to him, uh, Mr. Lewis, I am Chaplain Ramirez. I am here to let you know God loves you and he wants to save you and heal you. And he looked at me. And he said, Mr. Chaplain, God is not here. Whoop. He convinced me right there. I thought that he was here. And he told me, no, he's not here. And then he presented the whole rationale why he he knew that, was, that God was not there. How in the world God will be here with me if my wife is not here with me? She just come once a week, open the door a little bit to see if I already am a dead man. My children come at night, not to visit me. He, they go straight to my pants to look for the, the wallet to get my money. The doctors, they're coming now every two weeks. 
just to see if I'm still alive. The nurses, I call them, you know, many, many, many times. And every day they are delaying more and more. They're not taking care of me. Oh no, Mr. Chaplin, if they're not here, God is not here because he much more, he's more busy than all of them together. Wow, he said, Lord, what am I going to do now with this guy? So I went back to the nurse station and said, listen, we have a problem with Mr. Lewis. Listen, he, wow, he's complaining. <laughs> and uh, I didn't say everything that he said, but he said, and he's saying that God is not there. So I need to spend time with him. And uh, I'm planning to go every day for 10 minutes to talk to Mr. Lewis. I'm going to you know, buy a Colombian co cup of coffee in the cafeteria and I, I will go to his room and we're going to spend time together. And the nurse said, no, you can't do that. Why not? He's dying. He can handle caffeine. He cannot have coffee with you. So I told her, is he dying? Yes. So? If he's dying, will be good to die with a cup of coffee in your hand. <laughs> so she said, okay, go ahead. And, you know, I started visiting the Mr. Lewis every day for three months, every single day. I got addicted to caffeine with him. <laughs> and we talk about everything, you know, but never mention God in our conversation. After three months, I brought my coffee. I was ready to talk to him. And before we initiated our conversation, he said, Mr. Ramirez, yes. Pastor, yes. God is here. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, God is here. Wow. When God is, something happens. Hallelujah. Oh, when he establishes his presence among us, when he comes in the middle of our existence, something incredible is going to happen to us. Woo. Next day when I visit him, that bed was empty. He was with the Lord. I know, I know, you will love, you know, we're Pentecostal, I'm Pentecostal preacher, you will love me to say, he was here. No, he died. You are going to die, I'm going to die. That's not the issue. The question is, where are you going when you die? <laughs> up or down? Well, he went up. He went up with Jesus, hallelujah. Oh, that is the name of the game. Praise the Lord. His faithful presence is the life. It's found in the life he offers. He offers us life. Peace be with you, Jesus say. Peace is an expression of authority which is spoken against our circumstances. Do you remember, remember when Jesus spoke to the chaotic waters? He replied, 
you of little faith to the disciples. Remember that occasion when they were on the boat and the great storm and the you know, disciples were kind of, you know, pretty mad because Jesus was sleeping and having a good time as they were dying. And, and they, were, they were confronting Jesus and Jesus, uh, you know, stood up and, uh, and, you know, they were looking at the circumstances, they were looking at the storms. They could not understand that the factor that makes the difference is who is in the boat. And in the boat is Jesus. And when Jesus is in the house, doesn't matter what is going on around you, if you are with Jesus, everything will be all right. Hallelujah. Woo. Yeah. Ah, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. Matthew 8, 26, the men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Come on, you guys. He is the Messiah, the Son of God, Jesus, the King. Hallelujah. Wake up. Are we Christian or we are not Christian? Do we have Christ or we don't have Christ? See, the question every day for us should not be, you know, about our problems, our circumstances, about the things that happen to us. That is not the main question. The main question is, am I close to Jesus? Is Jesus close to me? Am I in, in his house? Am I obeying him? Uh, is he my master? Am I, do, um, do I? Do I follow Jesus? That's the main question. Is Jesus with you? If Jesus is with you, you can handle it. Tell your neighbor, is he with you? You can handle it. You can handle the pain. You can handle the conflict. You can handle the need. You can handle the brokenness. You can handle your situation. He is with you. Is he with you or not? Is he with you or not? Oh, is he with you or not? Oh, is he with you or not? Well, you can handle it. Hallelujah. That is the main thing. The main thing is Jesus with you. Wow. See, peace is an expression of authority. It's also a word of security. Announcing a new order that comes with the power of Jesus. See, sometimes people, when they hear the word peace, they, they think on the 60s, on the Beatles, and, and those times that you know peace, 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 peace. Listen, that's not the peace I'm talking about. I'm speaking about the resurrected word of Christ. When he said peace be with you. Or oh, it's a word of authority that redefines reality. And it's a word of security announcing a new order. He comes with the power of Jesus. Listen. 
If you experience God's peace, something new is about to happen. Listen to me. If you experience and hear the word of Jesus Christ this morning and receive his peace, something new is about to happen. A new creation, something new is going to happen with you. Because it's a word security announcing a new beginning, a new order that comes with the power of Jesus. However, it, it also a word of assault that attack thoughts of distress in your mind and heart and quiet the conflicts, hostility, fear, anxiety. These uh, distressful thought and feelings dissipate in the face of the presence and powerful expression of the resurrected. See, we have a lot of problem in our mind. I mean, you know, when, when you wake up, give me a break here, when you wake up, after sleeping eight hours, you, you assume that you are going to resurrect with vitality, power, positivism, you know, optimism, and you are ready to wake up. You're laughing in. That doesn't happen to me every day. When I wake up, I am more tired than I was last night before I went to bed. <laughs> I don't know if it's my age or what, but I am ready to, you know, leave the bed. And when I stand up, everything hurts. <laughs> Pain in every bone of my body. Then I need to go to the restroom. You're not walking like, you know, somebody that has been beaten up. Turn the light. Look myself in the mirror. Wah! I don't recognize my face. My hair is messed up. And then I start thinking. Those thoughts. Yeah, this is one more day. I'm sure I'm going to find that guy that doesn't like me. This is going to be a bad day. I can feel it. Nobody likes me. Nobody calls me. Oh, for a long time, nobody has sent me a card. I will start, you know, with that self, you know, commiseration, you know, you know, we, we have, we are fighting demons in our mind. And then I remember, but I am a preacher. I need to go to the world. I tell my wife, I'm going out to walk. I start walking like, you know, and with great difficulties, and then I start walking better. And then still hearing God's words and listening to some, you know, Julius music. And I can feel that something is changing in my mind. And I start getting victory with my thoughts and realize that I am the child of God. Hallelujah. And he's walking with me right here. Oh, hallelujah. And we are going to have a good day. 
You thought that that doesn't happen to us to very spiritual pastors? Yes, it does. Happened to everybody. We had to fight the same fight that you fight. Doesn't matter that these men have been here 19 years. Let me make sure, I am sure, unless he's Christ himself, you know, he had to fight these demons every day. And the problem with pastors that they need, we need to fight our demons and your demons. There's a multiplication of demons that we need to fight. Terrible. But it's a word of security that announces a new order. It's a word of assault that attacks these thoughts of distress. These distressful thoughts and feelings dissipate in the face of the presence and powerful expression of the resurrected Christ that is here with me, taking control of my life. With him, these anti-peace elements are no longer operative in our life. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Don't fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. God actually commands us not to fear or worry. The phrase fear not is used at least 80 times in the Bible. Most likely because he knows the enemy uses fear to decrease our hope and, and limit our victories. We are locked in our own rooms of fears. We're locked in with open windows. But our fears blind us and do not allow us to see the victory that we have in Jesus. Oh, we need to, you know, ask, Lord, give me your peace because I need to be free of my fears. I need to leave this room. I need to be free one more time so I can accept the challenges of life. God actually commands us not to fear or worry. You can touch his side and see his battle scars. He has won the victory. And the new word of Jesus is peace. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will not have tribulation. If in the world you will have tribulations. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Life begins again in a new place. Starts in a new healing of power. There's hope for you. It's going to start again. Your life not depending on your own strength or security, but in the power of Jesus' peace. It's a mystery. With this peace, you're prepared to abandon your hiding places. Unlock the protection doors. Free yourself from fear anxiety and any sense of insecurity 
You can imagine a new beginning in the power of peace. You can imagine a new beginning. This does not mean you will no longer experience deception or, or pain. But it means you will be open to experience the fullness of life. The fullness of life that only Jesus can give to you. Internal factors no longer will limit you. Taking you away from all, you, for, from all your dreams and vision for life. With Christ's peace you will conquer life like it is. In the name of Jesus, you will be victorious. Somebody hear me this morning. God is speaking to you. You cannot live in fear. You cannot live locked inside your own fears. You need to give me the possibility of releasing my word of peace to you. So a new beginning starts. A powerful beginning can start in your life clear let the peace of Christ rule in your heart since as member of one body you were called to peace casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus see something that will not happen to you you are not going to go crazy. And if you experience that peace, you cannot die with a heart attack because of your problems. See, pastors, we suffer a lot, you know, of uh, all kind of uh, physical symptoms because, uh, you know, so much burden uh, around, uh, you know, the thing that we need to do is a hard job to be a pastor. Actually, to be a pastor, you know, researchers said it's as difficult as to be the president of a nation. It is a tough job. And we need to appreciate this guy and every pastor, women, men or women that are doing pastoral work because, uh, listen, you are not only taking care of things and challenge, the challenges of your own family, but you are, you are taking care of the family, the people of God. So it's an amazing thing. And we need to celebrate them. But you know what? Oh, you know, if we experience God peace, and pastor, we need to experience that every day. I mean, with an extra dosis of Christ's peace because, uh, you know, the situation that we need to go through could affect your heart and your mind. Sometimes you think that you are driving crazy. Sometimes you're getting crazy. But you are not going to do that because the peace of God guards your mind and God protect your hearts have an active role in your daily life imagine being locked behind secure doors and having the visit of the Lord who tells you peace there is a new way of life for you close your eyes for a moment I don't know, I mean, you have a tremendous pianist here. I will ask this guy. He also looked like Latin American guy. I don't know. <laughs> Everybody look Latin, Latin here. Uh, I'm looking for a, a napkins or a, or a towel or a something. Ladies, oh, here it is. I don't want to damage your, your uh, beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Close your eyes for a moment. I want, I want you to imagine yourself 
imagine being locked behind secure doors You, you feel very secure because your doors are locked. You feel pretty secure because nobody can see you where you are. You, you feel free of pain because, because you are by yourself right there. But imagine being locked behind secure doors and having the visit of the Lord who tells you peace peace my child peace there is a new way of life for you imagine being locked behind secure doors and having the visit of the Lord who tells us now you can imagine a new beginning in the power of peace and I don't know what is going on in your life the only thing that I know that this is the word of God for you this morning but there's some people here that need to allow God peace to be activated in your life you cannot live under any kind of fear doesn't matter there are things that happen in your family your relationships your work school the church you need to be a free man a free woman women women you need to a free person and the only thing that can give you freedom to be freedom to experience the fullness of life is the peace of God the peace of God is a pre requisite to experience life the fullness of life peace of God is a one-on-one step to face the challenges that you have before you God wants to do all kind of beautiful things with you he wants to use you God wants to bless you with spiritual blessings and he wants to release the power of the Holy Spirit in your life and he wants to use you to be an instrument of hope for humanity because but he cannot do that until you experience the fullness of his peace in your heart and mind so I ask you to stand up for a moment I, I have I have this feeling that I'm here but a divine assignment as a prophet to let you know that the time is here where when you will be you will be opening the doors and the windows of your room and you will have access to the fullness of life because you are going to walk on God's peace 
you are going to walk experiencing his power and authority and security in his peace this morning you have your eyes closed I don't know if, if you know Christ or not if you don't know Christ this is a good moment for you to also respond to this call but my call is to the whole church this morning I believe that God wants to deal with fear in your life as a community as a family as an individual person and I believe that God wants to take you to another level of freedom in Him. But you need to experience, you need to reactivate the peace of Jesus Christ in your life. So if you're going through this situation here where you feel that life is limited, that you do not understand why you are not able to enjoy the fullness of life, why you're experiencing fear and you're afraid that something bad is going to happen to you I want you to raise your hand because I am here to pray for you just for you just for you raise your hands just for you God is going to do a miracle in your life there's people that have physical pain and sicknesses that one God want to heal this morning there's people that have challenges in in, their, in your job and there's several people here having challenges with the family and the relationships you raise your hand nobody's going to criticize you all of us are in the same room all of us need Jesus to appear in the midst of us all of us need freedom this morning freedom from fear but we are going to experience another level of his peace that will take us to a brown new dimension in our life. If you raise your hand, come closer, very fast, come over. Come over, I want to pray for you. And I don't know if there's people that pray for people here, altar. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope that you were inspired to live a life of purpose for Jesus Christ. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. God bless.